Mom? Mom good, good morning. It's your mother. Hi, Mom. What was, what was the breakfast that you most remember loving growing up? Hello. Hello, Dennis. What was your favorite breakfast when you were growing up? Think about that, okay? Hey, with an effective character, three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. James here. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we'll be sharing our experience on meetings in this episode 103 of the Defective Characters podcast. Let's go. Woo-hoo. All right. Favorite breakfast. And I don't want to hear like cereal, but like the, the particular breakfast that you most remember having as a child. That's a hard one. Like I can't remember that far back. I know I, like, one. I know I like waffles and French toast. But like, you, like special. That's what you would have though, or it's a special day and you're No, that would be like special. Regularly I would just have cereal, like Fruit Loops and stuff. Fruit Loops. James? He said no cereal. <laughs> but that's what I ate for breakfast as a kid in the eighties. Like, <laughs> right. Cereal. I, I, my favorite was Captain Crunch Barrett's. Oh yeah, yeah, Captain Crunch was great. That was that was so bougie. How no, would I you think... Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Cinnamon Toast Crunch was good. I like my favorite cereal was at that time was probably like uh, Fruity Pebbles and the Cocoa Pebbles. Yeah. But what I remember is you know whenever my dad would make breakfast, it was just a huge ordeal. He would be in the kitchen i would wake up smelling bacon and i'd go in there and he always did such a good breakfast like and i would go and i would steal a piece of bacon he always made it so good and he'd be like get out of there okay you get one less bacon on your plate and um you know he would make eggs and bacon and toast and it was just amazing i love those, those breakfasts my dad was he growing up he was always working so when he cooked he's such an amazing cook that it was just He's such a, a wonderful time, and then now at, at, that he's retired, he sends me like stuff that he's cooking. Like he likes making gumbo and big pots of beans, and he, everything he, he's proud of his cooking. He'll send me pictures, so it's a really cool way to you know stay in touch with old pops. Nice. So or since you-, you lived in Alaska, did you have like moose and caribou bacon instead of pig bacon? We definitely had uh, moose jerky. Uh, I had caribou sausage. Um, For real? Oh yeah, we had. I'm not kidding. <laughs> and there was um, we always had salmon, halibut. You know, that was, smoked salmon was a staple in our house. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Would of- you would you have salmon for the halibut? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes. Would people say I just can't a boo? <laughs> Only on like, can't like October even. because it was time for trick or treating, and that was oh, yeah. one of the tricks. Man. Oh, and I don't know about you guys, but Halloween in Alaska—it's so funny. You had to buy extra large costumes to fit them over your snow gear because it was already uh, ten degrees outside and two feet of snow on the ground. Oh wow! Yeah, very That's- funny. <laughs> that is insane. Oh man, Dennis. Yes. How's your jaw? Yes. It's all right right now. 
it's getting yeah. better? Sure, right now. But like I, I'm moving it and talking. So like Do you have to move it? That leaves talk? it. <laughs> yes. I'm not I'm not but I'm like, not saying it's it's, I, I I just I like I'll be seeing you tomorrow. So I'll be able to see how because when I saw you a couple days ago, was it happening then, or is that early in your transition from medications? Yeah, I don't know if I had started it that day. Maybe I did. I think that was the first day I started, and I didn't notice the the jaw thing until later that night. Gotcha. So I don't know, but you know, it's hard to like clench your jaw and stuff like that when you're moving your jaw. You're talking and stuff, so it's. Right now, it's good. So, hopefully, it doesn't happen today at all, and and it'll be good. I still hopefully. don't know which restaurant I'll be working at at Disney, but I'll let you guys know when I do. Oh, yeah, it's so, been like it's been what? like weeks now. So, sometime late September is that when you'll you'll know? When will you know? Well, the hard part's over. Okay. So I just sit and wait and trust. Nice. I lo- I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I, let me let me just say I want to give a big thank you uh, today. Uh, James is helping me move, so I wouldn't. <laughs> is, does this new job mean that I'm going to be moving alone today, James? And Dennis, I'll be there to pick you up in 15 minutes, so be ready. Oh, that's nice. And do not yeah. wear sandals with your jeans. Please put on some tennis shoes. I can't have you breaking your toe. Yeah, okay, sure. Whatever. Yes, he said okay. Yes. Yeah, man. I, I I said okay to the shoes. <laughs> I, I can't commit until like when last week James mentioned that I didn't give an answer until ten minutes before. So like you got So to... another five minutes you'll be able to tell us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. That's that's awfully nice. Uh had a good visit with my family. Everybody, everybody's uh, doing their uh, doing their thing. Some friends, unfortunately, had to cancel ahead of time and hanging out because of COVID. Um, up up north, they're taking things. I don't want to say more seriously. It's just their precautions. No, that's the right word. They're more serious about it. Okay, their precautions <laughs> are different. I was gonna go as you know. I didn't want to bash. Um, our area around here it's just it's just different precautions it's different as in one of them is the wild west and the other is civilized civilization technically it's the sloppy south (laughs) we are the wild west is like california it's it's what west of the mason dixon line or whatever they say i don't know no it'd be west of the mississippi Mississippi. south of the the mason dixon line okay whatever you know, know your, your know your Civil War geography. God, you know what? Really. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. <laughs> so uh, I yeah, I will say it was great seeing family. Um, also, I was a little torn. What do you guys think about this? Uh, because I honestly didn't want to put the pressure on her. My girlfriend is going on the trip, and there are family pictures that were taken, and we were matching and stuff and I didn't want to uh, make her be a part of that so I took a picture with her and everything else but the big family photo I feel like there was be a lot of pressure 
right? So, yeah. so I did like, not include her in the matching. It looked like that we were like Jehovah's Witnesses, and this is a knock on them. They just wear like the same thing, or like Target employees, you know? Like we were all wearing the same thing to a to a T, or should I say, to a polo? <laughs> Um, because my bro- my brother, he's like, oh yeah, I'll just order the exact same outfit that I'm doing for me in your size at Amazon. And I'm like, oh God, I'm like, we can't include her in this because all the, the girls are wearing the same dresses. And I'm like, this isn't even us anyway. I don't even know what the heck this is. It was, it was nice. It turned out great. It was on the beach, but, um, it was a little awkward. Yeah. It was a little like, what's what's happening here because i've that only would be done awkward for anyone yeah yeah, yeah. it's even <laughs> awkward if you're in the family yeah. yeah that's that's one of those moments where it's it's not about you it's, it's to make your mom happy yeah exactly so it, yeah in this case it's it's so funny like growing up my parents didn't care about any of that stuff so a lot of parents did but my sister-in-law loves it so like twice a year she'll do family photos and and if you looked at her or like even talked to her you would have no idea that this is a part of her character but she just loves that so i'm like okay i'll go with it i mean she's been my sister-in-law and really in the family since 2003 so it's like i'm like all right we'll do, we'll do it just with the matching clothes thing like put it over the top where it was just super extra. So staying the, guy, yeah. staying the guy who wears bunny suits. Yeah, right? Yeah. But, I mean, if everyone was wearing a bunny suit, that'd be a different story. But they weren't bunny suits. Yeah. And as they say, if everybody was wearing a bunny suit, would you jump off a bridge? You know? Well, of course. You know, I, I, I'm a... off instead of wearing a bunny suit? No, I'd wear the bunny suit. Oh, and then jump off. But gotcha. I, I'm a triplet. Right. So like the natural order of things is to like dress your kids up in the same outfits and stuff. <laughs> but like so there's like maybe Did you my do first... that? Did you have to get that done? No, maybe like my first year of existence, like maybe my first Christmas, there's a few pictures of us wearing like not the exact same thing, but like matching like red and white and stuff but then like that's shortly changed and like growing up we never had to wear the same things or did any of that kind of stuff so i lucked out with that but there are some pictures in existence uh, as toddlers where we're matching i forgot to ask you dennis since you are a triplet did you watch that movie identical strangers I did see that movie. Yeah, that did was you, did you, interesting movie. I would, I would recommend that. Is it three identical strangers or just identical strangers? Identical strangers, I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I would, re- I would recommend it. James, did you see it? No. Oh, it's it's super messed up about the three strangers, three identical twins that were separated at birth. And I don't think I need to go into it any more than that. But yeah, just and they, they find they stuff. find each other as as like college students. Yeah, and they never knew they existed. So it's uh, there are a lot of twists and turns and uh, really interesting things. I think it's an easy sit. I think it's like two hours. I don't think it's yeah. anything. No, much. it's it's worth it's definitely worth watching. It's a great documentary. It's very yeah. fascinating. 
So outside of your jaw, Dennis, everything else is good? Yeah, everything's all right. Yeah, just acclimating to like medications and stuff, which I don't like taking and stuff, but it is what it is. It's in God's hands. Nice. James, how is everything? How are the how are the boys? I saw they had their, their first day at school. Yep, they're good. They're happy that they can wear um, sweatpants and hoodies. As long as it has the high school name on it, they're good. Which they <laughs> good, and they make you buy it. So like a pair of sweatpants are twenty two dollars. So wow. that can get expensive quick. Wow. And um, I bought them new jeans, so we'll see if neither one of them had ever tried on jeans their life so we were there at the store for like an hour figuring out what size they were and we finally figured it out and, and it was just cool to be like a part of that my my oldest son he's 17 almost 18 he was, he was in the dressing room he was like a prima donna he's like dad these don't fit go get me another one go get me another one and we were at the store that only like there were six dressing rooms, but there was only one in order because we only had a key for one. So there was like a oh. line outside, and he was like, "Dad, these don't fit. Go get me another one." <laughs> it was so embarrassing, but I was like, "Well, I have to do this because we can't get out of line." Hold on. Yeah, so- yeah. Ooh. Hi. Okay. Thank you so much. I think she's walking the dog. <laughs> Hi, T-Bird. Oh, that was uh, Lillian. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> We're doing nice. The- We're having uh, the bathroom redone, so the water will be off for two hours. It's just kind of... Oh, man. So you're, you're going to have to just uh, wash with a wet nap. Uh, well, I've got... Um, I took a shower early. Okay. I pulled up my water bottle, and I have so much hand sanitizer in the house. I think I'll be okay. Oh yeah. Oh, you're you're good to go. Yeah, I'm good to go. Sweet. Well, I'm glad glad. I it seems like we're winning, gentlemen. Seems like uh, we're having a good time. Which brings me to today's topic about meetings, which was actually the very first. This was, I think, now officially. We are one week away from when the very first episode of our podcast launched two years ago. Wow. So we've been, doing, we've been next week, I'll be celebrating seven years uh, of sobriety, God willing, and we will have, um, have done this for two years, well into the over 100 episodes and third season. So I think talking about meetings and how our experience changed since then and coming into the program, because you guys are in your fourth year. So when we started, you had two years. So to kind of get a little bit of a taste of anything you've seen change, or maybe we can talk about meetings in general. Um, I'll start with the first meeting we went to. So just to give a taste of it and if you want to go back and listen to the first episode where we talk about that meeting in particular you can definitely do that um but my first meeting was one that the courts didn't send me into though you know if i think back i wish my memory worked because when i got a, I got a dui back in 2007 
and they made me go to a class not an AA meeting but they made me go to a class it was two back-to-back days um, I think it was eight hours each day and there was a lot that I could have learned but I did I definitely didn't retain it and I started my retention happened after I got caught all the empties that I had in my trunk my wife at the time found me incapacitated upstairs on the bathroom toilet and just crawling around and she didn't know that I drank anything and I actually forgot how much I drank when I continued to drink it was one of those times and it sent me to my first meeting that a co-worker brought me into and she introduced me to Cowboy Larry who was the greeter but he was on a stool right inside the door of the meeting and it was a noon meeting speaker meeting a guy whose first name was Jordan was talking about his drinking for 30 minutes we went around the room everybody said I'm an alcoholic and the whole thing blew my mind because I I didn't know what meetings actually were I actually think at the time that I would have learned how to control my drinking Um, And that's what AA was uh, about not to abstain and to fill that void with God and fellowship and principles, but instead about just how to not have to lean on alcohol as much. And I slowly but surely learned so much more. you know, the second day I got my sponsor and I was really off and running with this new life. So I'm grateful that first meeting uh, that taught me that. And the second question that I sent you guys, I definitely uh, credit meetings to me staying sober because I did a 90 and 90, 90 meetings in 90 days. And even though uh, I think we talked about it, my friend Crystal that spoke that she was joking around that, you know, there was a day I couldn't go to a meeting, so I went to two, and then she said, well, that doesn't count. That means you have to start over again. Um, I just needed to be honest with those people because there were so many people I was lying to that didn't believe me anymore, right? And then when you say something in uh, the rooms, at least for this alcoholic, I believe you more. So if you say that you're having a problem or you say things are going good uh, and how they're going good in detail, I'm just going to assume that you're being rigorously honest. If you want what we have, you have to do what we do. Um, You know, not being rigorously honest is just really hurting that person. So I love the fact that meetings taught me those things and my sobriety that I have today if I stopped going to meetings altogether, I think those things would come back. I think I could read the big book all day long. I think I could hang out with you guys outside of the meetings all day long. But if I didn't actually go to a meeting and say I'm an alcoholic and claim my seat, um, I don't think my sobriety would look the way it does at all. So that's, that's my hit on the first two questions that I had. Who wants to go next? Dennis does. And of course I do. Duh. How many, 
How many meetings are you going to lately, Dennis? Uh, none. <laughs> uh, um, be nice, James. Yeah, I think, yeah, be nice. It's just a question. Um, it was a loaded question. At least he was rigorously honest. Yeah. Um, I think early on, like, my first meeting was, you know, I had already had a year and a half sober, but I was miserable. Um, I had a friend who was in the program, so every once in a while he would ask me. And I go into more detail about this in episode two. But uh, he would ask me. One day I finally said yes, and I went in. And uh, listening to people share, it was like a lot of these people were going through the same problems that I was going through, but they were laughing about it and joking around about it and like seemed like relatively normal people. So I thought to myself, like, these people have something that I don't have. They know something I don't know. So it gave me a little bit of hope for the first time in a long time. So I kept going back and I went back every day for freaking years and um you know I, I committed myself to it and and did it um and it and it like meetings are to me are important one it's 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 the place you go to right so if you are new and you're struggling or you're not even in the rooms or whatever and you're going through like alcoholism and all the issues that involve with it and you look out into the world, you need some place to go. Well, meetings is where those people go. Somehow they call the hotline or they know someone, they find their way into a meeting. And it's important for people who have long-time sobriety and who have been through it and are no longer suffering with early alcoholism to be at those meetings because they need to, like you need people there for when those newcomers come in. Like if no one, was at the meetings when I first came in, then who knows where I'd be today, you know? And currently I am not going to meetings because of my anxiety and stuff like that that I'm working on. Every once in a while I do like muscle through and sit through a meeting. Um, but uh, one thing to stay connected is I've kept my commitment to, the, to my home group and still like go and make the coffee and tear down and stuff like that just to stay connected and still do the coffee afterwards and stuff. And if this podcast counts as a meeting, I do it once a week. Yeah. Yeah, James. Thanks for answering my question, Dennis. It's wonderful. You're welcome. James? Hi, facilitator. (laughs) So... So, uh, so meetings, all right, your first meeting, and also, uh, what's your favorite meat on a sandwich? No, I forget the second question. I don't know. Well, Turkey. It used to be, used to be roast, roast beef, but it had to be from a certain deli in Miami, and they put it on a little baguette, and it was just amazing. But oh, um, man. Vince tried to recreate it, and it never tastes the same, so... <laughs> It's just weird like that. Um, is it is it the roast beef or the baguette that's not the same? It's both. I just can't recreate it. I've tried. Yeah. Um, but um, my first meeting, as I, I mentioned, I don't know, what, two years ago probably, was, uh, it was a meeting in North Miami Beach called The Upper Room. It was on the second floor of like a, a little two-story business 
complex. And when I went up there inside, there was like probably eight people and it was couches all against the wall facing the center. And they were all couches that looked like people had given up um, outside their house or they caught from Goodwill. And um, when I went in, you know, it was weird. Um, there was no young people, it was all older people. Um, but I felt a little at peace. And um, it smelled really smoky in there. And I got a coffee for a dollar and then they would come by and refill your, they would walk around with the coffee mug or the coffee pot and just refill your coffee for you, which was nice. Um, at the end of the meeting, because I said that it was my first time, I can't remember if I said I'm James, I'm an alcoholic, um, but I know that they knew it was my first time. So when I left, they gave me a big book and they gave me um, a number. I no longer have that big book. That would be cool if I had that, but I do not. Um, because all my stuff got um, taken away. But it was it was an impression. It was definitely an impression. It was um, I felt welcoming. Um, I was able to read a little bit of the big book, um, get a kind of a feel for it, uh, but it was just a tiny little taste of what was to come. And um, that was my first meeting. I've had a lot of other first meetings where I've mentioned before that, you know, I was just going to, to please my, my now ex. I was going, I saw everyone like, you know, the different cliques where people knew each other. And I felt like I was back in middle school where I didn't belong. Like, ugh, this sucked. I couldn't wait to get out of there. I felt like, you know, if I sat in the back, put my head down and, and I there were so many first meetings for me where you know I just didn't feel a part of but the first meeting you know it was a, it was a good experience and all the meetings in between you know I just I, I wasn't ready for some reason I wasn't ready till I was ready do you credit meetings for your sobriety that you have today looking back no I credit God But meeting definitely helped. Cool. Well, that's good. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about uh, meetings and what they did uh, help with. I know for me, so the question, uh, do meetings help you find a sponsor? Uh, I would say, without a doubt, if it wasn't for going to meetings. So say I just went to my friend, Crystal, and I said, hey, um, I think I'm having uh, trouble staying away from a drink or a drug. She wouldn't say, well, let me introduce you to your sponsor. She instead said, well, let's go to a meeting. And when I was at the meeting, outside the meeting, she said, hey, do you know Dave? Dave, do you know Mike? And then she just walked away. And then we struck up like a conversation. It wasn't it wouldn't have happened if I didn't, uh, you know, same thing for my sponsor that I have now that I have had the past, uh, five plus years. I heard Brian speak, uh, and well share, I should say 
when I was on vacation here in Celebration when I was still living in Vermont. And there were two separate trips and he was at the meetings. And, you know, the most for the most part, he shares the last 10 to 15 minutes of the meeting, you know, and that's that's his thing. Um, and it really uh, stuck out with me that what he was saying, where his head was at, was a lot of where my head was at. And what, he, you know, um, as he was sponsoring me, I was learning so much more. And I, I always recommend if you get a uh, sponsor or a new sponsee, it's important to attend the same meeting as them. Um, not every time, but definitely every once in a while. So that way you can lay eyes on each other. There's plenty of people that never actually see. And, and now with virtual meetings, attend the same virtual meeting. That's fine. You know, um, but there's people that have gained uh, good sobriety without that. And that's totally fine. I'm not judging that. But for me, I know that I needed to lay eyes on my sponsor and I needed him to lay eyes on me. Which is why when I moved to town, the first thing my first sponsor said was, well, you're going to meetings? Okay, find a new sponsor in that meeting. Um, because I don't necessarily agree with meeting makers make it. Um, but I do think that if you're a meeting maker, it makes it easier. I think that is definitely true. Um, and to answer your your statement that you said uh, earlier, Dennis, yeah, I I think you're meeting with other, another alcoholic, and that's what we're doing right now, uh, talking about experience, strength, and hope. So, is this a a meeting in the eyes of AA? Uh, no, is it a meeting in the eyes of? Well, actually, uh, it is because all, like according to the big book, all you need is you and one other person. Okay. So, so by that, then absolutely, I stand corrected. You know, and I was going to say, I do thank God would probably say, uh, it's more following His path than your path. You doing this, you know. So, I think that's a cool thing. And with that, I will shut up and turn to you, Dennis. Yeah, um, I think <laughs> meetings definitely like helped my sobriety and everything that goes with like untreated alcoholism in the sense of like you know meetings is where you go to meet other people that are have gone through the same thing that you've gone through right so you're not lost you know you have like the book right that tells us how to do the steps and stuff but it's good to have people who have gone through it to can help you go through it kind of give you guidance on what to do you know and like like mike said meetings is where you meet your sponsor it's also where you meet your fellowship it's where you can be a part of something that's bigger than yourself you know and also gives you the opportunity to do service and stuff which is you know our 12th step so like meetings is where we all like come together and like do this thing and like to you know form a fellowship you know I don't know better word to say it or whatever so I was like <clears throat> going to meetings and as much as I did 
was very integral. You know, it was it was like going to school and learning from like probably a combined couple of hundred years of sobriety and experience and everything all in like one room. So no matter what like I was going through that particular day or week or whatever, there's someone there that I know well enough to like be able to talk to about it, you know, and that only comes from going to the meetings, you know, building that and being familiar enough with people to like have that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Construction yeah. started. So if you hear pounding and hammering, it's my bathroom being demolished. Fun. Are you, or are you, or are you in the shower right now? No, 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 no. They're not working around my. my oh. Shower. I did that earlier. Oh, sweet. Oh, fellowship formation is what you were looking for, Dennis. Fellowship formation. Formation. Yeah. The FF. Okay. Like the Fantastic Four FF. <laughs> okay. How about how about you, James, as far as meetings helping you find your sponsor? Oh, I wouldn't be able to find a sponsor without going to meetings. And earlier I sounded kind of curt how I didn't credit uh, meetings for my sobriety. And, I mean, that's... To, that is the one that got me sober, but meetings have been an everyday thing and they are no doubt a big part of my sobriety they have been helping me stay sober so i just wanted to kind of throw that out there because it sounded like uh like yeah meetings had (laughs) no place in my sobriety but that's not what i meant um you know i found my sponsor because i went to the morning meetings and every time he spoke up um he was such a great storyteller and so engaging and so articulate in the way he shared uh, that I was drawn to him. And I was like, I wonder if I should, I should pick him as a sponsor. And then I went to the West Side Club and I was talking to another friend of ours. And he's like, you know who would be a good sponsor for you? Brian. I was like, okay, God, there's another sign. <laughs> and so I asked him the next day and he said, yeah. And then I found out, you know, maybe a year later that that we're sponsor brothers, Mike. And yeah, it's pretty you know, sweet. A lot of the stuff that my sponsor would tell me, like I would go back and, and tell my wife, and she did not like a lot of the stuff he was telling me. <laughs> and, and, and she's like, who does he think he is? You know, I don't know if some of it was good or bad, but, um, you know, it was just what he was going through and his advice. So I, I pretty much stopped telling her what he told me good call yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's your sobriety your journey not hers so i i actually had to stop uh doing his the calls that we would have sometimes like he would miss the call and he would call me back and i would answer and we would be like in the car on the way to you know dinner and so she would be at the passenger seat and i answered it a couple times and you know he He's the talker, so it'd be like a 30-minute conversation. And if, Brian, you're listening to this, like, God love you, buddy. But it's it's just so funny because I would be, like, in the car, and she would know that, like, I needed it, but also she wasn't in the program. And so she's like, wow. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, this is, this is just what 
goes on in our minds because I wouldn't always tell her what was going on in my mind. I just would make sure to not act on said things, you know. Um, but the conversations that we would have were real. And I stopped doing that. I stopped, you know, having it on speaker. And it would just said like, oh, let's catch up tomorrow instead, you know. Good call. <laughs> Indeed. Um, well, let's, there's two more things I wanted to bring up. And since you're sharing on that, James, um, why don't we have you, uh, I guess, close out this last round of your favorite part of meetings and favorite type of meetings since there are, you know, uh, big book meetings, there's speaker meetings, open discussion. Uh, also, I know in Florida they have 12 and 12 meetings. Some places have living sober and as Bill sees it. Do you have a favorite type of meeting and favorite part of the meetings? Um, my Well, for a while, my favorite part of the meeting um, was hearing a solution to a problem I was going through or like like really identifying with someone and, and that can be at any kind of meeting and um and, and really listening to you know those those good shares that um maybe what you haven't heard before or someone very engaging you know with our meetings they're um, they're very it might as well be like a, a toastmaster meeting because people are are sharing and it's scary to share sometimes in front of 40 people you know especially what's going on with you so when you get those those few people who who really like brian like his shares are so engaging like i love those parts of the meeting because a lot of meetings can be really drab you got people saying the same thing over and over again. You know they're not through the steps, and they're just like, just like blah blah blah. Poor me. And you're just like, oh my gosh, do the steps. You might feel a little better, you know. Um, but that's just, uh, of course, I love them and I wish them the best. <laughs> and um, so that would be my favorite part of uh, an engage either um, or identifying with someone. My favorite types of meetings were at first speaker meetings because uh, it was so fun listening to them uh, people's stories and again because I could identify um, speaker meetings are no longer my favorite types of meetings um, I really enjoy step series um, if you have a good speaker for 12 weeks going through the steps uh, it's really good to get into each step and what they need and when they keep it close to the big book and to the 12 and 12 and bring personal experiences into it, uh, those are fun for me. I, I really enjoy those. Um, I like meditation meetings too. Um, and yeah, that's what I got, guys. Nice. Dennis? Um, <clears throat> my favorite thing is probably the coffee. Definitely the coffee. No, I'm just kidding. That's um, a good thing, though. Yeah, yeah, but that's not a reason to go to a meeting. For a lot um, of people, it is. Whatever <laughs> uh, gets you there, I guess. Um, no, I think like the friends I've met, you know, the relationships I've built 
by going to meetings so much. You know, they're like long-lasting friendships and quality friendships that I will hopefully have for the rest of my life, you know. And I think that's, you know, that fellowship aspect of recovery has been very helpful for me. Um, And that's from going to the meetings. Um, My favorite type of meeting is open discussion. You know, I think when you just open it up and let people talk about the topics they want to talk about and what they're going through that day and stuff, it's that's how you get to know people more. And then it's also like it changes every day, you know, and it's more diverse in the conversations and the speeches or whatever in that particular meeting. So I enjoy the open discussion by far. What about you, Mike? Thanks. Thanks, Dennis. Uh, oddly Yo. enough, I think my favorite part still of the meeting is, I like to call it the exhale, um, which is as soon as the meeting begins. I know for the next 10 minutes, it is going to be people won't be talking and outside of the people that are doing the readings to begin things um there's a bit of ritual to it that is just um so relaxing and i i'm just i i guess i'm grateful for it it's almost like my moment of appreciation for everything that Bill and Bob did um, to get this thing started in the first, you know, hundred individuals that made sure to say, yeah, well, let's see if this, this thing works out. And the people that did the first uh, issue and printing of the big book, you know, it doesn't matter what readings they do at which meetings I'm not a stickler at that I had a friend that would adamantly say like we should be doing the promises at the beginning or we shouldn't do the third step prayer and he would like throw a stink about it Um, and to me it doesn't matter what's done Um, it's just that time is my favorite part of a meeting and I would say right now You know, originally, my favorite type of meetings were the speaker, just like how James was saying. And now I do like I do like when they do a deep dive um, in to it. But I also just really like a, a big book or 12 and 12 where we're actually doing the readings and then people are making reference to um, maybe the steps more than like uh, yeah, I did a big book meeting where you know you read a chapter or a certain amount of pages every week and once it gets to the back of the book I'm like oh man like I've heard that story over and over and over again you know or I've read it over and over um, but even that even those i really i cherish and i love so i've been thinking for a while to maybe get one of those back in the mix um of my routine so maybe i will you know 
God willing, it'll get figured out. So as they start with construction with you, James, uh, I think I'll wrap up if there's anything else that you guys want to add in today. Yeah, yeah Mike, what, do you, what are your plans today? Uh, my plans today, I'm going to go to work. I have worked till till seven. And, uh, and then I think, uh, I think we're going to move. I think we're going to move everything. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Dennis, are you helping? Uh, I don't know. We're going <laughs> to ask me another five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so that's, that's good that's, stuff guys. That's it's, it. It's a gravy train. Yeah, I think so. And with that, we'll be back next Thursday sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode 104. Where the defective character is entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember, Dennis, you got something? Um, meeting makers make it. Yeah, make make the coffee. Make the coffee. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Woohoo!